Welcome to the weekly podcast of Crew in Southeast Ohio. I'm Chad Helmer and I'll be your host and I'm grateful that you've tuned in today. Crew is a caring community, passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. And all across the college campuses of Southeast Ohio, God is changing students' lives. And this podcast is dedicated to hearing how our relationship with God has turned a student's life around 180 degrees. It's what we call a 180 story. And today we're excited to have on the podcast, Abby Cohen. Abby, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. Abby and I were just uh, walking down memory lane. Abby is sitting in her dorm room, which is, uh, we believe, directly adjacent to the room that I lived in in 2002 in Lincoln Hall, which is really exciting. So so crazy. <laughs> yeah, Abby was just giving me a little tour of the room. So um, Abby, tell us, uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Linden, Michigan, which is just like a small town near Flint, Michigan. Okay. All right. Now, for those of us who don't know where Flint is, uh, Michigan, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my hand, right? Because this is what yes. we do when we fear. Um, <laughs> where, 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 where's home at on the hand? So it's, it's near the thumb. Near the thumb. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. So we can picture where that's at. And um, what year are you, what, what are you studying at OU? Tell us all that. Yeah, I'm a senior. I'm studying child and family studies here. Okay, you're a senior with the most mm -hmm. bizarre and unpredicted senior year that you could have imagined. And you're also an RA, right? I am. Yep, Would, that's why I'm here in Lincoln. <laughs> I was just say that explains why we have a senior living in Lincoln Hall. I lived there uh, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, but not. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it to my senior year. I moved <laughs> out. So, but um, and maybe something else. Uh, you know, tell us an interesting fact about you. Fill us in a little bit about your life. Yeah. So I studied abroad in Cape Town, South Africa, after my freshman year here. So that's like my go-to fun fact. That's really fun. So Cape Town, South, South Africa. And I should know this. Is it the Cape of Good Hope that's at the peak of, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just imagine it being beautiful, standing on the southern, the southernmost point of Africa, right? Kind of looking mm -hmm. out at the, at the ocean. So yeah, it was um, beautiful. And you were there a whole semester? Just for, we were there for about a month, like four weeks. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Incredible. In a, in a country full of rich history and interesting uh, turns of events and all sorts of things. I'm sure it was a, uh, a great learning experience being there. So It truly was. Well, Abby, we're excited to hear your story. Glad to have you here and uh, to hear your 180 story. Tell us, what was life like before Christ? Give us the before version. Yeah. So throughout my childhood, I was surrounded by a community of believers who encouraged my faith and taught me about the character of God. Some of my earliest memories are actually of going to church with my family and singing Sunday school songs. I grew up in a Christian household and accepted Christ at a very young age. But I honestly don't remember the exact moment when I made this decision. Mm -hmm. But I do remember wanting to know and please God as a child. Hmm. Despite all this, though, my identity seemed to be shaped by my ability to achieve and my desire to please people as I got older. Uh, whether that meant getting the highest grades in school or being that like stereotypical good person. Mm -hmm. I continually searched for recognition and acceptance from others. This allowed both pride and self-doubt to slip into my heart because I wanted to be the best at everything, striving for perfection and continually falling short. Insecurity often guided my life in middle school and high school, and I placed my worth in my accomplishments, which always ended up leaving me feeling empty after that initial gratification wore off. Mm -hmm. Looking back, I think I had a tendency 
to compartmentalize my faith because it allowed me to feel in control. I often placed a lot of value in the idea of having it all together. And in many ways, I struggled to live abundantly in the truth that I grew up believing. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, really, this is interesting because a really rich family background, Christian, you know, raised in the Christian tradition, um, familiar with church, who God is. Um, but yet something in you still, um, still wanting to work toward perfection, wanting to work toward achievement. And even as it phrase, you know, achieving and then people pleasing that, uh, part of what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like chasing after those things still left you feeling insecure. There's st you still wasn't enough. You were achieving perhaps, or weren't pleasing enough people. So it, it left you feeling empty. Does that sound right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Well, then, um, what happened after that? What uh, tell us about how does how does life change? How does 180 degrees happen? Yeah. So I like to say that my testimony represents a gradual heart change rather than this like big light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. It's the story of God's continued patience and grace as I slowly discover what it means to genuinely surrender to Jesus and walk in step with the Holy Spirit. As I think about my relationship with God, I I think of three major moments or like seasons of growth. The first is when I rededicated my life to Christ, declaring him king of my heart. I was actually at this like mother-daughter conference for middle school girls. It was silly, but super cute and fun. And we had this opportunity at the end to pray with others and accept Christ. And I remember feeling this like strong pull to go and pray with someone. I, I know that I had already given my life to Christ and I truly believe that I had made that decision as a child. Um, but this just felt like a really important moment to rededicate it. And um, it helped me kind of realize that I truly wanted to pursue a lifelong relationship with Christ rather than this lifelong battle for control. Hmm. And then I think eighth grade was also another transformative season for me. During this year, I went through a confirmation class at my church. And this class gave me the opportunity to invest in my faith, not out of an obligation or a need to please my parents, but rather out of a desire to know God more. This period of my life feels characterized by a deeper understanding of scripture and a deeper understanding of God's unconditional love for me and even for my need for grace. Hmm. And then I think the third major moment would actually be my entire freshman year here at OU. Wow. God used this year to redefine my faith as I learned how to trust him in the midst of disappointment. My first six weeks here were very different than I had expected. They did not go as planned at all. <laughs> um, coming into college, I had placed a lot of hope in feeling like I belonged, especially with my roommates. And unfortunately, my living situation, it just, it didn't work out. And that left me feeling really lost and confused. Not gonna lie, there were a lot of tears shed. Yeah. And I frequently doubted my decision to come to OU. And I often struggled to see God's presence in my life. Hmm. But God used this difficult season to show me that I was tightly holding on to what I thought my life should be like, rather than trusting in his ability to lovingly lead me. He reminded me that he is sovereign and good, knowing just what I need even before I do. And I see now that he used my weakness to point me closer to him. Hmm. And then coming into college, I knew that I wanted to find a Christian community to do life with. I knew that that was a priority for me. So as I got plugged into different student ministries, my faith continued to be stretched. 
I began to recognize how shallow my understanding of grace was, and I often wondered if I was living fully surrendered to the will of God. As a child, I had heard the gospel message so many times that I often forgot how truly radical it was. Mm -hmm. In many ways, I think I had become numb to the profound nature of Jesus's death on the cross. (laughs) Something changed, though, during my freshman year here. The gospel became real to me. As I learned more about what it looked like to boldly follow Jesus, I came face to face with my brokenness in a new way. I began to see my sin the way God sees it, and I felt this new sense of awe for what Jesus had done on the cross as I became more aware of my imperfection. And I think just this whole year kind of sums up is like, I realized just how incredible it is to be fully known and completely loved by Jesus. Wow. Oh my, just just incredible. Uh, There's so many things here I want to kind of unpack with you just a little bit. First, that um, I love the picture of uh, you described it as cheesy, but I I love the, the ministry of this um, uh, mother daughter time away where God was doing something in your heart and you felt mm-hmm. like um, you use that phrase rededicate and there's something interesting about that because um, you know the Christian life it's it's one long process of surrender and we mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's normal to come to points in our relationship with God you knew the gospel you would have called yourself a Christian then it sounds like but there was a moment where you realized well I want Jesus to be Lord even more of my life um, king yeah. of my heart was the phrase you used I want to give him more of who I am and I think that's beautiful um, I love that God used a confirmation class that often I hear people complain about those and they look back on their childhood and go, oh, that was so torturous. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't like that, but uh, you're talking about learning about scripture and God's love, which I think is so important. And then, yeah. um, wow. <laughs> Our confirmation class was fun. We had only a small group and my mom helped lead it. So it was just like fun every Sunday. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. So that makes it a little bit more fun when you're in there with your mom and um, maybe some close friends or a small group of people. And then that freshman year, um, uh, imagine that it didn't work out with your roommates. What an, uh, what a unique story. Never heard that one before. No, um, I, it can be so challenging. I think that the transition of showing up to college, um, being thrown into a room of people, um, that you may or may not know, but, um, may or may be, you know, it might be more difficult living with than you might have first imagined. And, um, and I think when, you know, the place you live feels challenging, when it feels like there's no escape, um, it, it doesn't surprise me then that, that that pushed you in a direction of growing in trust for God. But you said so much more than that, talking about the kind of coming to understand the profundity of the gospel, of what Jesus has done in his death and resurrection. Um, and it's interesting because at the time, if somebody told you, I'm using your words here, if somebody had told you your mm-hmm. freshman year, Abby, you have a shallow understanding of grace, it prob- that would feel offensive, you know what I mean? Um, but you look back on your life now and you can see it sounds like how um, God's grace became more real to you in a way that you realized you hadn't quite appreciated or understood before. Does that sound right? Exactly. Yeah. And even in those moments of freshman year, I don't know if I'd be able to verbalize like this experience that I'm now reflecting upon, you know, Mm -hmm. three and a half years later. Yeah. Well, and it's this great reminder, too. Um, I think about this often. Sometimes 
growth in our own life is difficult to see because we're just living in the present. But sometimes it's other people pointing out growth in our lives or it's the future version of us looking back on the, you know, the historical version of us going, wow, I'm, I'm not the person I was then because of something that God's done in my life. And so, so um, just to wrap up, tell us a little bit about that. How's life different now, you know, having walked through those experiences? Yeah, God changed my perspective on what it means to truly love him and be used by him. I now realize that following Jesus means having this radical dependence on him, abandoning the way I think my life should go and believing that his love is sufficient for me. God is slowly shaping me as I lean into my relationship with him and boldly step out in faith. He has grown my desire to spend time in his word and has helped me humbly build my life upon it. I do, though, still struggle with wanting to be validated, but I no longer feel like my worth is contingent upon the praise of others or how many things I can accomplish. I find my identity in who Christ says I am, which is a redeemed child of God. And Jesus embraces me despite my imperfection, and his love cannot be earned by anything that I do. And I also still battle with insecurities and anxieties, but I'm strongly rooted in the hope of Jesus. I'm learning how to rejoice in my weakness because that is when God's strength is most evident in my life. I used to be afraid of this type of vulnerability because I wanted to appear like I had everything together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm discovering that Jesus doesn't ask me to have it all together. He just wants me to live with open hands. Mm -hmm. And God has shown me over and over again that he is faithful even in my darkest moments. And I, I see now that when I live a surrendered Um, life to Jesus, I experienced this greater gratitude and an eagerness to embody the love of Christ. So my story is definitely far from over, but these are just some of the ways that the Holy Spirit has molded my heart over the years. That's incredible. That's awesome. And I, um, just to kind of unpack one thing that you said there, it, Mm -hmm. there's so much about the beauty of the gospel wrapped up in this reality that, um, I can be fully known in my shortcomings, in my those things that I am insecure about, the things that I'm afraid if someone finds out I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? Um, we're, we're so worried about those things, but the reality of the gospel is that we can be fully known in those things and fully loved, that God accepts us um, in our finitude and our brokenness and that he redeems us from it. doesn't mean that you'll live without insecurity. You'll have insecurities on your dying day. You'll never shake them. It's terrible. I, I think about this often. Um, insecurities, um, you know, concerns about what other people think are natural things that we battle in our flesh. But by the grace of God, um, we get to grow in our identity and be reminded who we are in Christ. And I love that about your story that um, there's a rootedness you described that's in the gospel and in your identity and who Jesus is and what he's done for you. So Abby, just, just awesome. The highlight of my week, getting to hear your story, (laughs) getting to hear you unpack what God has done in your life and turned you 180 degrees in the other direction. And so what a, what a gift uh, God's grace is. And it's fun to get to hear it and celebrate it with you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share it. You bet. So grateful for your time. I'm sure our listeners will be encouraged, uh, grateful to hear um, how God's changed your life. So thanks for the time and effort you put into sharing with us and um, great to have you on the show. Thank you. You bet. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. 
The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.